0: Blessings, everybody. This is Dale, and I thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're going through the book of Ephesians, so let's get into it. The first chapter of Ephesians, we're going to begin with the third verse, and as I've mentioned several times before in previous episodes, um, these verses sort of flow together in in really a rather complex kind of way, and you would do well just to read it over and over, and I hope you've done that, you know, that you've read at least this first chapter of Ephesians, because there's so many truths right here. And if you're not careful, you'll just lock into one thing and pull it out and say, okay, that's it. And you won't look at the depths of everything else and how it's interwoven together and what it reveals about other portions of the Scripture. You know, the Scripture helps us interpret the Scripture. And so this is a great, great example of a a passage that will help give us tremendous understanding to other passages. So Ephesians 1, I'm going to back up a little bit, set the context, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. So don't forget this, folks, what Paul is saying here to the church at Ephesus, that we have received something. We have been chosen by Him, by the Father, chose us in Him, through the Lord Jesus Christ, before the foundations of the earth, okay, before the foundations of the world. That is just a profound thing that so many people don't know. Really, it's rarely ever uh, preached about. It's rarely taught. People are scared to get into the truth of this. And I think one of the reasons they're scared to look at it is because uh, they think that if they can't explain everything, then they should avoid it. No, you embrace the things you can't explain. I can't explain all this, but I can tell you it's the truth. So he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Why? That we would be holy and blameless before him in love is the way the King James and the lexem says it. Remember that little passage we talked about before? That we're holy and blameless before him in love. Other translations in the English language, the New American Standard, ESV, say holy and blameless before him, period. Then it says this, in love, he predestined us. Regardless of where you place the period or how you uh, punctuate this, the concept is the same. It's all in and through love. The love of the Father has done this. The love of the Father chose us before the foundation of the world. The love of the Father did so that we would be holy and blameless before him through the Lord Jesus Christ. Then pick up the verse 5, in love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. So we see that the Lord has predestined us. Now, boy, this right here has divided the body of Christ through the centuries of what it means to be chosen, to be called, to be elect, to be predestined. And quite often the things that bring forth division are the corollaries of man. Because we'll sit here and read a passage which just is point blank. It says, predestined us to adoption as son through Jesus Christ to himself. So the Father has done this, that he predestined us to be adopted as sons, and he does it through the Lord Jesus Christ and what what Jesus Christ did for us. Well, what happens is people will say, well, okay, yeah, uh, I can nearly believe that, but what about this? And then they'll they'll get into a corollary. They'll say, well, if God predestined this, then he must not have predestined that. If he chose here, that means that he did not choose there. If he chose life for these, that means he chose death over here. No, 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 that's not at all the truth. You're trying to understand with the limitation of the mind of man. When you look at the balance of Scripture, and we can't get into all the details of it in this venue, in this format right now, but we'll see it as we uh, go over time and looking at all the Scripture. You're going to see this developed. That there's this marvelous uh, thing that God has just created, to where He's sovereign over everything. Okay, God is sovereign, but that man does have a responsibility. Uh, the the best example in my mind, which I bring up all the time, are the parallel train tracks. Okay, you have to have both of them with the train to go down, and both of them are important, but they never intersect. Okay, both uh, principles are there that there is the sovereignty of God, but man is responsible. And so anytime you start going, well, okay, well, salvation is this way and this way, and you get locked in the one, you're going to be in error either way you go. You just simply need to look at the truth and say, okay, this is what God says. He has predestined, and he's predestined us. And the us that he's writing to, these are the believers in Ephesus. Remember the very beginning he talked about those who uh, they were writing to are the saints at Ephesus, Ephesus who are faithful in the Lord. So they're true believers. They're not false believers. They're not religionists. So he predestined us as believers to adoption as sons. In the same way that Christ is his son, we are adopted in the same way. And oh, by the way, that, that word predestined, uh, You know what does that mean? It literally means to predetermine, to foreordain. Okay? to know in advance, uh, the, the idea of appointing beforehand, uh, to determine beforehand, to literally decree beforehand. Some powerful truths with all those definitions. Why did he do this? According to the kind intention of his will. Then verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. <coughs> and we see here that God's grace has been freely bestowed on us in the Beloved, and Beloved is capitalized here. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes that's really funny because capitalization is a form of commentary, but it is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Well, how do I know that? Well, the next verse gives us insight, okay? But just a moment here in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. That phrase right there is one that has just rang within my spirit for some uh, probably 30 years now. I remember Kent Henry, who was one of the very first just really cool uh, praise and worship leaders in the movement of what we know as praise and worship now. As a matter of fact, he recorded the first Integrity Music uh, uh, worship project that they did. It actually came out on cassettes back then. And he had a song that had that phrase in it, "'To the praise of the glory of His grace.'" And that's one of those phrases that when you first read it, you think, oh, I know what it's talking about. And you know what? You're absolutely right. Okay? Yeah, you're right. Uh, but the more you look at it, the more you think, what does this really mean to the praise? So we're singing praise of the glory of His grace. The grace is what He poured out upon us. And the glory, God's glory, the wonderment and the awe of all that God is, is involved in that grace. And that we literally just praise Him for that glory. We praise Him for that grace. So, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the beloved. He didn't have to. He freely bestowed Him. Now, the beloved is who? The Lord Jesus. Well, how do I know that? Verse 7. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. Well, there you go. Who's the only one that has redeemed us through His blood? Okay? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, verse 7 Eight, nine, uh, and most of ten are all one sentence. He always does that, doesn't he? i tell you why. I've just got about a minute right here. Let me just read. Okay, let me just read this sentence right here, and, and then we'll continue talking about it as we go on in the subsequent episodes. Verse 7 of Ephesians 1. In him, that's the Lord Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, verse 8, which he lavished on us. Oh, I'm sorry, there's a period right there. So there's two sentences right here. Okay, I knew there was something wrong with that. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the kind intention which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, The summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heaven, and things on the earth. As I've said many times before, when you hear this being read to you initially, you're going, what is happening with this? When you read it visually, you go, what is happening with this? I just really encourage you to get in this first chapter of Ephesians. Spend some time right here and just take it verse by verse and hang out and see what the Lord says to us, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.